0: Our gospel lesson today comes from the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. Listen for God's word to us this day. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, there's a pool called in Hebrew Bethsava, which has five porticos, and in these lay many invalids: the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat. And walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So, about five years ago, the Portland Art Museum uh, launched an ambitious project. They call it Object Stories. The idea was simple. The curators of the museum each got to choose an object from the museum that that was special to them. And then they made an installation with these objects, but they recorded the story told by each curator about that object. Then they went to the public They went to the city of Portland and invited people to come into the museum with their own personal objects. Do you have an object you would never give up, the museum wrote, something that lives on your wall or your mantle that's buried in your dresser drawer, something that evokes a time in your life, a place you miss or something you hope for then you're invited into the museum with your object to tell your story, a story about something that matters to you. Objects have stories, the museum wrote. Tell us yours. They had no idea that thousands and thousands of people would show up at the museum with their objects and that they would wait in line to be photographed and to have their stories recorded. It was phenomenally successful. All kinds of objects came to the museum to be photographed and for stories to be recorded. Tennis shoes, old letters, heirloom jewelry, and ancient weapons. And the stories, the stories, they're powerful, powerful. Some are inspiring, some are bittersweet, and a few are poignant enough to take your breath away. You walk away from object stories at the Portland Art Museum a bit overwhelmed, actually, amazed, amazed at the way that certain objects, special objects, speak to and even shape how we understand ourselves. Do you have objects like that in your life? Some objects are like that, they tell a story. And as we turn to the familiar narrative I just read of an ill man and his encounter with Jesus in the fifth chapter of John, we find one of these objects. We also find an important word for us this day. The story I just read of Jesus meeting a man at the pool, it's really quite straightforward. It only takes eight verses to tell the whole story. In the span of those few verses, we learn that this man has been ill for 38 years. In biblical times, that's a lifetime. We learn that he lies by a pool. He's waiting for the water to ripple or bubble, hoping to be the first one into the pool when that happens. See, there was a legend about this pool. And the legend was that when that water got disturbed, when it rippled or bubbled, the first ill person to jump in the water would be healed. So you can imagine... The crowd that would wait there at that pool, wait for that to happen. We learn in this verse that the man who'd been there for 38 years never made it into the pool first, not even once. So he lays there, he waits, and he hopes. This is his story, the story of his life. I've been ill all my days. I have no one to help me in my illness. Others receive the blessings of the pool. I can't receive it. I lay here waiting and hoping. I'm still ill. Even though I try very hard, it's not my fault. I lay here on my mat doing all I can, and it's not enough. This is my story. This is my life. Seriously, if this man came to the object stories installation at the Portland Art Museum, the object he would have to bring would be the mat, right? The mat, because it tells the story of his helplessness, the story of his despair. So the gospel tells us that Jesus came to the pool, and as Jesus always does, he looks around and he zeroes in on this ill man. He sees him and he sees the mat. And then he does something really shocking, surprising really, because the scriptures tell us he, he knows, Jesus knows how much time, how many days and weeks and years this man's been laying there waiting to be healed. And yet what does he say to him? Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Now that's quite a question, isn't it? An important question, a life transforming question. And guess what? The sick man never answers the question. He never does. No, instead, he tells Jesus his story. I have no one to help me in my illness. Others receive the blessings of the pool I can't receive. I lay here waiting and hoping. I'm still ill, even though I try very hard. It's not my fault. I lay here on this mat. I'm doing all I can. It's not enough. This is my story. This is my life. Now, friends, do you see the power of that man's story it's powerful enough that he can't even see the life-giving invitation for healing right in front of his face. Our stories are like that. They become larger somehow, larger than we can imagine. They can define us. They can limit us. They can make us sick. They can keep us sick. And most importantly, they can keep us from recognizing and responding to the healing, grace, and mercy of God, even when it's right in front of our face. I learned this lesson in a profound and life-changing way a little over five years ago. It was not a, a particularly easy time in the life of my family. It was not an easy, lighthearted time for me personally. And it was a dark time in my ministry... And on top of that, I was serving a church that I dearly loved that was also going through its most dark and difficult season at that particular moment. Great combination, right? Great combo. It was the dead of winter, and we were having ice storms in Dallas, and I received an invitation to go to a pastor's retreat in sunny Santa Barbara, California. So I didn't even think twice. I wasn't even sure what the retreat was about until I got there. And when I got there, I found out that it was a retreat for pastors who had fatigue and burnout. How's that? A retreat with 40 fatigued and burned out pastors. Now that's fun. (laughs) Pastors gathered in that beautiful place from all over the country, and for an entire week, an entire week, we listened to, we prayed over, and we spoke of and lived in only one passage of Scripture. And you know what the passage was? John 5, 1 to 9, the passage I just read to you. So that means we listened to Jesus' question over and over and over again. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And I watched those other pastors, you know, the ones who were, who were kind of burned out, the ones who were kind of ill, the ones who came from sick churches and, and who were kind of stuck, the ones who were laying on their mat. I watched them tell their stories for six days, compelling stories, sad stories, tragic stories, powerful stories. And then I... I kept hearing with them Jesus' questions, do you want to be made well? Silly question, I thought. Of course I want to be made well. Of course I want my church to be made well. Of course we all want to be made well. But to my horror, the stories just kept coming. And in the end, they didn't just come from those other pastors, those sick ones, they came from my soul as well. Eventually, I came to understand that the stories we tell, the stories we believe about our lives, about our family, about our ministry, about our church, these stories, though they are important and they are powerful, guess what, my friends? They cannot make us well. They cannot. In fact, we get stuck in these stories, as stuck as that invalid laying on his mat in John's gospel. I've been ill all my days. I have no one to help me. It's not my fault. I lie here on my mat doing all I can. This is my story. This is my life. I truly believe that Jesus looked at that invalid in that moment with such great love, such great understanding, and real disappointment. Because Jesus saw someone so wrapped up in, so defined by his story, that wholeness and healing remained just out of his reach, even though it was in front of his face. And Jesus saw something else. He saw the mat, that object that provided a constant reminder of the sick one's helplessness, that object that symbolized his life, that told his story. And so Jesus looked at him intently, And said, do you want to be made well? Do you? Do you really? Are you ready? Then you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to pick up that mat. That story you've been telling. And you're going to have to walk. Do you want to be made well? Jesus said. Then stop the story. Stop telling it. Stop laying on it, stop dwelling in it, stop pick it up. It's part of you. You can't deny it, you can't leave it behind. So go ahead and pick it up, honor it, carry it, come to understand it, but then walk. Walk with me. I can make you well and I can make the burden of that story light. Friends, each of us has a story. I don't know yours. Maybe it's the story of a victim. Maybe it's the story of someone not smart enough or attractive enough or acceptable enough. Maybe yours is a story of powerlessness or defeat, of irresponsibility or sin. Or maybe, maybe your story is one of pride and perfection, success and responsibility. That sounds a little more like Westlake Hills, doesn't it? Maybe your story has you so high on a pedestal that you wake up in the middle of the night anxious that you're gonna fall down. Whatever your story, hear Jesus call. As important and unique as your story may be, there is another story, a story more powerful and more compelling that you're invited to join. There's another story of love and mercy so intense and amazing that it makes the burden of your individual story lighter, and it makes us well. It redeems us. Jesus invited that invalid to bring his life and story into the larger healing presence of God's story of salvation. And Jesus invites me and invites you to do the same. Do you want to be made well? says Jesus, then the story you live by, the story that defines you should be the story of my love, my forgiveness, my hope, my sacrifice, and my victory. Your story doesn't have that kind of power and it doesn't have the last word. God's story does, always does, and God's story heals. This might be an important word for some of us here this morning. Our culture celebrates family today. And that means each of us come with stories, tender stories, personal stories, stories of great joy or great loss or both, stories of profound disappointment or speechless gratitude or both. But whatever story you bring to this Mother's Day here what Jesus is saying: Our families, past, present, and future, are invited into God's larger story of love and grace, forgiveness and mercy—a story that does diminish pain and enlarges beauty of any mother-like relationship. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Says Jesus, and the story you live by should be the story of my love, my hope, my sacrifice the story that has the last word, the story that heals. And let me close by reminding you this. The same is true for churches, my friends. Every church has a story. Every church has has low points and divisions and quarrels. Every church has a story of a missed opportunity, moments of faithlessness, events to regret, And to every church, yes, even to Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, Jesus asks the question, do you church, do you as a church, do you want to be made well? Are you ready to pick up your mat, own your story, carry your story, but at the same time walk, walk into God's unfinished story of service and mission and purpose for this great congregation? That's the question. I'm beginning my fifth month as your associate pastor. And let me tell you, I've heard lots of stories about Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. I've heard stories of the old days, stories of glory and honor, stories of strife and difficulty. And I've been in ministry a long time, so I know that that's fine and that's normal. But we cannot lay on the mat of our past defined by those struggles and those successes. No, friends, it is a new day, and you have a new leader. And as things begin to move and shake in the year ahead, Jesus asks us, all of us, to pay attention to our story as a congregation and to be sure, to be very sure that our focus, our guidance, our attention rests Not on these stories we love to tell, but on the story that God is writing in this place. The story that isn't finished yet. The story that's just beginning. That's the story that heals. That's the story that matters. And that's the story that will call us forward as a church to be God's people. Do you want to be made well? Do you? Then pick up your mat. Stand up. And walk. Friends, I've found it life giving to be clear about my story. And I have found it life giving to be clear about the story of whatever church I'm serving. And I have found it healing, healing to pick up those stories, to carry them lightly and to walk with trust into the larger story of God's forgiveness and mercy and love. That is the only story that matters. And for our church, that should be our story. For my life, that is my story. Let it be your story as well. Alleluia. Amen.